Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. Before we kick off the show, I just wanted to take a moment to remind you that the ICC Men's Cricket T20 World Cup Final is taking place in Barbados this summer. This, by default, gives all of my fellow cricket fanatics the perfect excuse to go and book a holiday to Barbados in June and experience firsthand the euphoric atmosphere at the Kensington Oval, the cricket mecca of the Caribbean. If the cricket alone isn't enough to tempt you, then let me be the one to remind you that a trip to Barbados can also include leisurely strolls along the breathtaking coastline, mouth-watering flavours of the world-class Bayesian cuisine, and of course, plenty of rum. Head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today to book the trip of a lifetime to Barbados, the best place to be a cricket fan. Hello and welcome to the following on Cricket World Cup podcast from Talk Sport, where we now know it will be New Zealand and not India who will play in the World Cup final on Sunday. Full reaction to come with Steve Harmison following an incredible game spanning two days. Also today, Owen Morgan and Aaron Finch with England and Australia set to resume hostilities. Everybody is excited and has been the last couple of days to, to play this game. It's the semi-final of a World Cup, I think... The fact that throughout the group stages for a while getting through to this stage looked unlikely or was called into question, I think that makes it more exciting for us. You're listening to Following On. What an incredible 48 hours that the first World Cup semi-final has been and gone. And what a match India and New Zealand served up. The rain, well, it got involved. It meant the match started on a Tuesday, finished on a Wednesday. We had half centuries from Williamson and Taylor. And then um, Trent Bolt and Matt Henry decimating the Indian top order before Ravi Jadeja and MS Dhoni took India to the brink of what would have been the most almighty of all World Cup wins. But in the end, it wasn't to be Martin Gupta with a run out for the ages. And it's New Zealand who go through to the final on Sunday. And India will be left wondering where it all went wrong. Let's hear from the captains. First up, New Zealand's Kane Williamson. Yeah, um, it's, uh, it's a different feeling, to be fair, that the surfaces and the way we've had to try and skin it um, over the round robin and coming into the semi-final has been uh, quite different to the last World Cup that we experienced, but um, a lot of heart shown by the guys throughout this whole campaign to date. Um, feet on the ground because we've got a game coming up, but um, a, a really tough match, a great semi-final to, well, over two days for the crowd, <laughs> but um, like I say, very pleased to be on the right side of it. It was scrappy yesterday, wasn't it? Your innings, Ross's innings, it, was, it looked like tough work. Yeah, it was was really tough. Uh, I, I suppose we had to 
assess the conditions quickly and uh, certainly looking at the surface I think both teams thought it was going to be a lot higher scoring than that and um, then you sort of experienced the, the ball that spun quite sharply and you thought that actually well we spoke about trying to get 240-250 and, and we felt we would be right in the game and, and try and put uh, India under pressure and um, that's sort of how it how it ended up and the guys were really clinical on that middle to back end stage to, to try and get us to that competitive total with perhaps out without going sort of too hard and, and maybe getting to that 210-220 mark so um, a lot of contributions in this match that went a long way for us to get across. I'm the line. glad we're not the only ones that misread pitches in this tournament. Um, uh, no, you're not. <laughs> um, when it came to this morning and going out and getting those those runs this morning, what did you talk about at the halfway stage and that little break of 10 minutes? What were the what were the talking points? What were the thoughts around getting into this opening combination from India? Yeah, I mean, a, a lot of it was on the, the conditions and whether the the rain around that we had yesterday whether that changed the conditions. So we did want to. Um, obviously target what we do with the new ball bowlers as they, as they do put the ball in good areas um, try and move the ball off the seam or in the air and, and, and try and put some pressure on the Indian side they're obviously a world class side and um, the, the guys were able to do that today and it was really nice to, to obviously get some early wickets with some guys that are, have been playing brilliant cricket throughout this tournament so um, a, a great start for the, the bowlers but we also knew that as it slowed up it was going to be a, a tough squeeze so we, we needed to stay in the game for long periods and you know the, the, the world class side that they are um, being under so much pressure to take the game to a stage where they could still uh, potentially win it or, or maybe look likely to win mm. it for a while there, the way they were hitting the ball with uh, Jadeja and Dhoni. Um, but like I say, the heart that was showing and the, and the fielding effort and the bowlers from, from our side was outstanding. Tough three games leading into this, Pakistan, Australia and England. How did you keep the motivation in the camp? We saw a little circle of friends type thing where you were having a conversation with the guys a couple of days ago on the ground. What were you saying to the guys about believing in the semi-final? Yeah, well, I think a lot of it is to sort of look at it for what it is. Um, you know, some of those games uh, were tough, and we've seen conditions be, be really, really tricky at times and, and vary throughout the match. And, you know, in some of those games, whilst we didn't play our best cricket, there were also some other parts to it to, to consider and bear in mind so guys wouldn't get too um, disheartened and know that we still go out and play our cricket as well as we can to give ourselves the best chance of success. And I suppose being well, underdogs coming into the, the semis, um, you know, it, it sort of doesn't mean too much as long as you're going out to play your best cricket and all these sides have beaten each other on a number of occasions and we know in these tournaments on any day anything can happen and you know, India are a world class side and you know, it's a game of small margins but like I say it was nice that the guys could fight for, uh, for two days and, and come away with the result. Big thanks to Sky Sports there and uh, following Kane it was uh, a slightly less cheerful Vera Kohli. Yes, it was. I think the first half we were very, very good uh, with the ball in the field. I think we were spot on. Absolutely what we needed to get, um, we got in the field and um, we thought we had restricted New Zealand to a, a total which was uh, quite chaseable on any surface. But um, yeah, the way they came out and they uh, bowled in that first half an hour really was the difference in the game. How did you feel, sort of a two-day, one-dayer? How did you feel when you, when you woke up this morning coming to the ground? The confidence levels? Yeah, it was fine. I mean, we knew that we had a good day yesterday and uh, we were very proud of that effort. Mm. And then a very professional effort again with the ball today, uh, this morning. So we felt like we had the momentum and we had the right mindset to go in. But uh, the credit has to go to New Zealand bowlers because with the new ball, I think they're outstanding with the areas that they hit. 
and the kind of swing that they got on the surface, uh, the, the help that they got from the surface. So I think it's the skill level that was um, on, on display for everyone and it made uh, life very, dif very difficult for the batsmen. Uh, incredible fight back as well, MS and Jadu there through the middle and, and the latter part, uh, parts of the game. What were you thinking then? Were you kind of thinking they might have got you home? Yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, I think Jadu had an outstanding game, um, outstanding couple of games. Uh, the, the way he played today was, you know, a, a great sign for uh, his skill sets and what he can do for the team. And just going out with so much clarity and turning the whole game around in no time was outstanding to see. MS had a good partnership with him again and, um, you know, again, game of margins, uh, got run out in the end, could have been anyone's game. So, yeah, look, all, all, always feels disappointed when you've played such good cricket and then you know, 45 minutes of, of bad cricket puts you out of the tournament. So it, it's difficult to accept, it's difficult to um, come to terms with, but look, New Zealand deserve it because they put enough pressure on us and they were, they were far more sharper when it came to the, uh, came to the crunch moments. As, as a tournament as a whole, can you sum that up from an Indian point of view? What were you really happy with and, and maybe what could you have done slightly better through the tournament? Well, at times I think our short selection could have been better. That's probably the only thing I can think of. Otherwise, we played really good brand of cricket and we're really proud of the way we competed in this tournament. Um, you know, we played a, a good standard of cricket throughout. But um, as I said, come the knockouts, it's anyone's game. And um, New Zealand showed more composure than us and they were braver in uh, those crunch situations. So they deserve to go through to the final. Well, the excitement is still palpable and I think you're going to be able to hear it in both myself and Steve Harmison's voices. It's me, John Norman, at Edgbus and Harmy uh, back in Ashington. We've just watched one of the great games of international 50-over cricket. And New Zealand have gone back-to-back -back in the semi-final stakes, by the way, because if you thought it was a wonderful, mental, really, game of cricket in 2015 against South Africa, well, you haven't seen anything yet because uh, the two-day, one-day international against India that's just finished at Old Trafford had pretty much everything, Harmy, um, but it, it really it kept the best till last, didn't it? Just describe how good that Guptill run-out was of Dhoni, just when it looked like Dhoni might, for the last time, dig India out of the biggest hole I've ever seen. It was amazing, absolutely amazing. And when you think, you know, you look at Dhoni's stats, Dhoni, his last, the 47 times Dhoni's been not out at the end, he's won 44, lost two, one of them which was against England uh, a couple of weeks ago, and he's had one tie. That's how good this guy is at the end. I still believe, even though he had 16s on the last, sort of, uh, 16s off the last two overs, I still believe Dhoni was going to do it. He hit the first ball of the last, second last over for six, I still believe, I still think Mahindra Singh Dhoni would have won that game for India apart from that throw from Martin Guptill. And TalkSport's very own uh, Scottish-English cricket fan, Ali McCoy, has been texting me all afternoon saying, what's you know, India this and India that? And I said, while Dhoni's there, they've got a chance. And then he came on, what a throw. And in football in terms, I said, it's like a centre-forward missing three opening goals in a World Cup final and scoring the winner late on from 30 yards. That's how good not only the throw was, but that's what Martin Guptill's tournament has been and what it could do for Martin Guptill because, John, we were saying mm. a couple of nights ago, yep, yep. do not write New Zealand off. What we, did we were. Say? We, yeah, were. We, were saying it. And we said, the middle order from India is very, very vulnerable. If you can get them in with a new ball, that's what happened. Low-scoring game. Martin Guptill... You know, he didn't have a, he didn't have a, what he got one of 14 balls. He looked all at sea. 
But we said if he gets a confidence booster, this guy can get a big score. We've got one game left in the tournament. And if that confidence booster is off that throw, I think England and uh, England and Australia bowlers will be thinking, well, this guy's got to be due. And when he goes big, he goes big. So New Zealand fans will be thinking, I hope he does it in the final. I know we talk about cricket and, uh, you know, very often we hark back to the good old days. They showed the uh, 2005 uh, Edgbaston test on Channel 4 at the weekend mm. and we're all talking about terrestrial TV and cricket, you know, being there for the masses. One area where this World Cup has stood head and shoulders about en- above any other has been the standard of fielding because you can rattle off 10 moments of the highest quality from Ben Stokes catch in the outfield with the wrong hand diving backwards to Sheldon Cottrell's catch on the boundary as he ran along arms outstretched hopping in and out of uh, of play Martin Guptill at leg gully catching that uh, full-blooded mm. hook shot from Steve Smith at Lords. Guptal today from third man. Ravi Jadeja yesterday from the same position. Exactly, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it's just been absolutely insane, some of the fielding. It, it, it's the pinnacle when it comes to what cricket can offer in terms of uh, as a spectacle. The batting and the bowling and the pitches take all that out of the equation. The fielding has been to absolute die for. Mustafa's uh, Roman with one of the best court and bowl catches I've ever yeah. seen in my life as well I mean there's so many moments uh, and uh, oh yeah it's just absolutely wonderful it to has see. John you're absolutely right you can talk about the game has changed so much for the better when it comes to the batting and talked about big bats and flat pitches and the, st- the style of bowlers now you know there are all these different slower balls and the slower ball bounces but fielding has been the same you know, throughout the game the game of cricket there you you've always been in the field you know that 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 hasn't really changed too much when it comes to you know the positions are exactly the same you've always had a backward point you've always had a deep square leg we've always had mid on and mid off but now in the modern day where the the game has evolved so much is in the field and how many runs that can save and when you want to talk about up and on to the the good old days and times before and I'm sure Steve will not not you know be disappointed me saying this you know he played in the in a great Australian side but he played in the good old days he was on Sky Sports News 48 hours ago and when he got asked a prediction he said somebody will win this game with a bit of brilliance he's talking about both semi-finals he said a bit of brilliance he says because normally the reason why they got to the final semi-finals is skill level of their skill sets, batting and bowling. A little bit of diff, a little bit of magic of a catch or a run out will be the something that will determine what will happen in them semi-finals. And he got it spot on in this game because Jadeja yesterday mm. got got you know I got a, a massive a vital wicket for for um, for India, but Martin Guptill with his he didn't win the game because I think. I think, you know, it's just one little thing. But he went a long way from winning to winning this game for New Zealand with a fantastic bit of fielding. And that bit of brilliance is where the game has gone now. Absolutely. I tell you what, though, one thing I have to flag up. I got, I'm getting absolute pelters. I threw my toys out the pram. Kane Williamson winning the toss and under blanket cloud with the floodlights on with Trent Bolt in his armoury, returning Lockie mm. Ferguson decided to bat first. I went on Twitter, I went on TalkSport, I went on TalkSport too, and I was of the opinion that he should have bowled first. Well, I mean, do you think it was as cut and dry as what some people were saying? No, or do I you think... think it, I think it was, I think it was when the... Um, the old saying, when the to- when the coin goes up, if you're a captain and you're not sure, you just say neither. 
<laughs> you know, heads or tails, what do you want? Neither. You can you can choose because I'm not sure what I want to do. And I think, to be fair, I think both Vera and um, Kieran Williamson both said they would have batted first because the history, the history in this competition tells you the, where the competition's gone on these pitches all around the British Isles. Is you bat first. Again, I go back to Lords when England played against Australia. It was a bowl first pitch, I thought, because of the overhead conditions. Um, but it comes round to the fact that you, yeah, how do you, how do you, you know, how do you use your skill sets at best? But for me, I still think I would have, I would have batted first, even though I did say I would have bowled first at Lords. I think I would have batted first at. Uh, Old Trafford because of how good I think the pitch was going to be but I think the pitch field fooled everybody as well overhead conditions fooled people because you know the captains because they wanted a bat first on it but actually I didn't think the I don't think the uh, two captains and both sides thought the wicket was going to be as two pierced or as slow as what it actually looked and what it played the week before or a few days before uh, when the last group game was played there so I think a lot of the yeah, nearly everybody, whether it's management or players, that did get the conditions wrong uh, underfoot. What about the innings of Kane Williamson yesterday and also Ross Taylor? Mike mm. Selvey, um, who you know well, former England uh, bowler uh, and uh, former Guardian journalist, a real note, came away from the game last night saying he'd seen one of the great World Cup innings from Kane Williamson yesterday. He got pelters, as I am today. Mm. But whereas I was wrong, it does appear... He was right. He, he played superb. I think he read the conditions very, very well. You look back at games when England got 300 the other week. They went very, very hard early at Edward Tedley. Um, ben Stokes got them over the, towards that 300 mark. And I think it was just a case of how they were going to get there. Um, I thought he read the conditions very, very well. Brendan McCullum said last night on Twitter, he was spot on. In a bilateral game, 250, if New Zealand can get 250... It's nowhere near enough. World Cup semi-final with pressure, uh, a little bit of a little bit of moisture underfoot. 250 is still in the game, uh, so I think Mia McCullum got it spot on. I thought I thought Williamson was throughout this whole semi-final has been absolutely first class. His field positions have been good. He's catching. He got a couple of catches. Where did he get two catches? And also his bowling changes were very, very good. When he needed to turn to his quick bowlers, he turned to them. I thought he was let down by his fourth, uh, sorry, his fifth bowler in a, in a, you know, between De Grandholm and, and Nisham. But you're always going to have one bowler targeted. I thought he had a great day as Keir Williamson. But with a bat, I think, again, the experience in that middle period with him and Ross Taylor, they knew that if we can get somewhere between 250 and 265, we've got a great chance on this surface. Uh, especially if, if there's a little bit of rain around later on. I don't think they were expecting to come back today, but I think there might have been thought a little bit of moisture around later on. 250, 2, 265 could be a good score. And I think that's what they're targeted for. What did he get? 67 off 95 balls. Ross Taylor, 74 off 90. I thought it was a great partnership for New Zealand. OK, then. So if you're New Zealand, who do you want to play in the final on Sunday? England or Australia? You asked me this the other day and I said I would rather play the India in the semi-final because of probably they're the better team. If I was New Zealand, I think I'd fancy England because I'd be thinking, you know what? Nobody's expecting us to win the semi-final. Mm. We managed to get ourselves over the line. Nobody's expecting us to, be, to beat England because England are the favourites. And hang on, we're at Lords. It's Sunday afternoon, Sunday morning. It's the World Cup final in England. How much pressure is on England? 
we've got nothing to lose here. So I think I'd rather play England than Australia because of just of that, just of that, the pressure that is on the home side and New Zealand have got very, very little to lose. So I think even though England are the better side than New Z- than Australia, I think the pressure would be too much on England and I'd be wanting to, to, to sort of exert pressure early in hope that Martin Guptill has got a bit of confidence and he gets his, gets his bat in his hands instead of his bowl, uh, instead of his throwing. Well, breathless stuff. I hope we've conveyed some of the uh, excitement. Uh, I know that there's a billion Indian fans out there who uh, will not be happy and it'll be interesting to see how they view that Dhoni innings uh, and the career. But let's look ahead then to the second semi-final. And if we are treated to anything like that uh, drama, uh, that amount of drama, we are in for an absolute treat, although I don't think my heart could take it. Let's, oh, no. it's, uh, uh, so it's England against Australia. We'll, we're, in fact, let's just hear from the captains, Aaron Fincher and Owen Morgan, back to back speaking today ahead of this match. Oh, I think World Cups are they're very special. They're, they bring out the best in, in the best players. So uh, I think that's why Australia have had a, a very rich history in World Cups. I mean, winning four of the last five, um, it's been a great achievement. I think that. When we look at our side at the moment, we're, we're full of confidence going into this game. Obviously, England are, have been the, the, probably the front runners in world cricket over the last four years. The way that they've changed the game in, in well, their game plan in particular, it's been very aggressive, taking it to the opposition. So, uh, for us, we, we know how they're going to play. They know how we're going to play. We've played each other a lot over the last couple of years. So, uh, it's going to be whoever holds their nerve, whoever takes them, them half chances, whoever starts off the game really well. Them first ten overs, whether it's with bat or ball, uh, are going to be so important for for either side. I think we take a lot of confidence into the game. Obviously, they've got Jason back at the top instead of James Vince. Um, but I think the way that we went about it in that game and also the warm-up game against them down at Southampton, I thought thought our processes were really good. We we won some really key moments in the game, which was which was crucial as well. So they're always great games. So. Um, I know I've played in one World Cup semi-final and it was a it was a hell of an experience. It was a, an unbelievable game, so um, not expecting too much different. It's been exciting. It's been a great build-up in the last um, last few days since our South African game. I think we've had a really good preparation the last few days. Guys have, have had a really good hit out. Um, so now it's time to get down to the cricket. It, it's, it's very exciting. I think we're probably a different team that played uh, four games ago and three games ago. I think the loss against Sri Lanka hurt us. It was an overhang into the Lords game, and then when we came here, we managed to produce something similar to the cricket that we've been playing over the last four years, and that was really encouraging. We went on to Durham to put in a better performance and improved again, and tomorrow we're going to look to do the same. Everybody is excited and has been the last couple of days to to play this game. It's a semi-final of a World Cup. I think the fact that throughout the group stages for a while getting through to this stage looked unlikely or was called into question. I think that makes it more exciting for us. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you 
everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June too is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. If your passion for travel is on par with your passion for cricket, then I have some excellent news. The ICC Men's Cricket T20 World Cup Final is being hosted in Barbados this June, which makes it the perfect destination for your summer holidays this year. To make the most of your trip, you can also experience eight matches from the series in Barbados, including England against Scotland and England against Australia. In under a month's time, you could be spending your days exploring the vibrant streets of Bridgetown, drinking rum in the sunshine and experiencing exotic Bayesian delicacies in the culinary capital of the Caribbean. There truly is something for everyone. There's no need to wait a second longer. Head to Visit Barbados.org forward slash cricket today to book the trip of a lifetime to Barbados, truly the best place to be a cricket fan. So Aaron Finch and Owen Morgan both keeping their cards very close to their chest, as you can imagine. Not really giving anything away, not telling us what the teams are going to be, not reading too much into the pitch. Expect it uh, to have uh, the, a little bit of grass cut off it. A batting track expected. Um, conditions, though, again, might be cloudy and dark, a bit dank, might be a bit of rain in the air. With England's record at Edgbaston, the fact that they're on the uppers after two very positive games, that there's an injury cloud surrounding Australia, it does just feel, and I, you know, I, I have tipped pretty much every team the wrong way throughout this tournament, so I'm loath to say this, but it does just feel that the pendulum has swung back towards England from where it was about a week ago when Australia were really on their uppers. Yeah, I think England are, are favourites, and rightly so favourites, I think. Um, talk about a batting pitch. I think England are desperate for this batting pitch. They want an absolute belter. I think if England could up, up sticks the pitch from Trent Bridge and bring it over to, to Edgebaston, I think they would love to put on the, an absolute belter because then it comes down to the bowling. And, and I think it would be England's bowling unit, the way they've bowled so far. Um, are, I think they've been slightly stronger. I think even though Australia have got the leading wicket-taker in the tournament in Mitchell Stark with 26. Their next best, Cummins has got 13, Baranoff has got nine, Stoinis, little bits and pieces, seven. But England's bowling attack has been very, very strong. Archer, 17, Woods, 16, Wokes, 10, Plunkett's got eight, Rashid's got eight. I think England are very, very strong in the bowling department. So I think that there might just swing the pendulum in England's favour. You mentioned the... The uh, injury worry, you've got Hanscom, who just, uh, Justin Langer said, Hanscom's going to bat three yep. in this game. Uh, so that'll be a, a good one for England to sort of get somebody in who hasn't played hardly any cricket. Um, I, I just think England, it's the right time for England. I really do. Semi-final, they love playing at Edgebast and the crowd will be absolutely electric. And I think it's 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 the right time. I think the middle order's got a fire. I think Morgan needs a game. I think... 
Stokes has been brilliant holding the thing together. I think Morgan and Butler need a game. I need a game where they go crash, bang, wallop. And I think if they can do that, that possibly could take the game away from from uh, from Australia. And it'll be interesting to see how Warner and Finch go against the, the movement, if it does have a little bit of cloud cover of Wokes, and then the pace of Wooden Archer just to follow that up. And if England can get early inroads, a little bit like India, I think the Australian middle order are very, very vulnerable in that. Once you've got Smith, Maxwell's hardly hit hit anything. Carey's done well for them. Stoinis, then you're into the bowlers. I think England are a lot stronger in depth than Australia. And I think England will be looking for early inroads with a ball. And that could make the difference of winning and losing a game. Um, I know we spoke about this after uh, the uh, semi-finals were announced, but are you still expecting England to go in unchanged? I still think they'll go in unchanged. I think they'll they'll try and get Mo and Ali in the team like they have done the last three games, but I can't get them in for one of the seamers and it would be Ali in for Rashid. And I tell you what would be interesting, whether they think how well Jadeja's done in this game, because England, a lot, a lot similar to what India are, that number eight spot, that number eight spot, yes, Liam Plunkett's not too bad as a batsman, but if you can put Mo and Ali into that, it gives them that little bit more depth Depth in the number eight spot or the Jadeja spot for India. Got them over the line. They nearly got them over the line in this game, in this semi-final. So that might be in, in their thinking. But I think they might just then, you know what, this team's got us here. We'll stick with Rashid and we'll go unchanged. Brilliant stuff. Well, look, I cannot wait for that. You're back on breakfast on yes. Thursday morning. It's going to be Harmy's uh, World Cup phoning. Hopefully looking back at England making the World Cup final for the first time since 1992. Can you believe that if that was to occur? And to get past uh, Australia ahead of an Ashes summer as well, it could also go horribly, horribly wrong. We shall see. This is the excitement of sport, isn't it? This is what you want. So much riding on it. And uh, look forward to chatting to you back on following on following uh, Steve Harmson's World Cup phone in on TalkSport 2 uh, on Thursday. To never miss an episode, be sure to subscribe either on Apple Podcasts or your favourite podcast app. And uh, as we mentioned, we will be back following the second semi-final whenever it finishes, either Thursday or Friday, uh, with a recap to that match and a preview to the final, which takes place on Sunday. We know New Zealand will be there, but who will they face? The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. And this is your gentle reminder that Barbados is the best place to be a cricket fan. With eight matches from the ICC Men's T20 Cricket World Cup Series taking place in Barbados this summer, including the final, you can experience the summer of a lifetime by booking today. Aside from immersing in world-class cricket in the sunshine, Barbados is the dream destination for all travel enthusiasts. It is where adventure meets paradise, the culinary capital of the Caribbean, and better still, the birthplace of rum. If you're keen to unite with cricket fans across the globe for what is set to be an unforgettable summer, then head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. 
Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the Internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. shopify.com slash work.